and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about how to be your own best friend. I'm excited to talk about this topic. It's a it, the title just make, puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's something that we aren't always. We aren't always oh, our own. Yet. Gotcha. You were waiting. For <laughs> I me was. To finish the sentence. <laughs> yes, I was. You're right. <laughs> Sometimes, many times, we are not our own best friend. We don't treat ourselves with the kindness that we treat our friends. Probably. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think. Um, I mean, besides, like, we can be harsh in our own heads at sort of how we talk to ourselves or um, how we respond to different things. Um, One of the other things I notice is this tendency to, like, really sort of harp on mistakes Mm -hmm. one has made in an attempt to prevent making those mistakes again. That doesn't seem like a winning strategy. No, but (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure we've all done it. And I think it's a pretty common tendency. Well, yeah. I mean, how many times have we said, well, I'll never do that again. Right. Yeah. And then you like keep reminding yourself because you really don't want to do it again. And what happens is you just end up feeling bad and then it's it, it makes it hard to do the thing mm-hmm. you know it's like um you have all this negativity around the thing right like I, i'm thinking about taxes right now uh-huh and like if you have a tendency to leave things up to the last minute and then it's like like if last year you did that and you're like oh my god i'm so stupid why did I do that I'm never going to do that again and then it like starts to get close to tax time again and you're like oh god I don't want to do that I don't want to make that mistake again and it just like creates all these bad feelings which do not encourage you to do your taxes (laughs) that's right yep that's a that's an excellent example (laughs) and instead letting go of whatever happened last year or or just thinking, okay, last year I turned it in late. This year I'm going to start early. Yeah. Boom, boom. Let it be easy. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's it's hard for people to sort of let go of the mistakes they made. And so one way you can do that is to um, use a phrase like, even though I was late last year, I can take action now to get my taxes done earlier. Nice. And then you're acknowledging the experience and then sort of putting it to bed? Yeah. Yeah. And so because sometimes if if you're just like, well, um, you know, well, I can just do it now 
or whatever, it's like your brain is like, oh, no, you've never done it early before. You're not going to be able to do it early. Mm-hmm. And so if you acknowledge that you have had a struggle in the past first and then sort of present yourself with what you want to do at this point, it makes it puts you in a better place to move forward, like, you know, sort of mentally. That's one of those tricky life coach things, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's reminding me of your um, your workbook, whose name I can't remember, Shannon. Oh, my God, I'm getting so old. You know, with a clever name, the audio and the workbook. The, the yeah. b- Boring Change? Yes, Boring Change. Oh. <laughs> I, I, was, I was nowhere near it. I was, uh, the word... Plow came into my mind. Plow. <laughs> yes. <'Cause> of, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, because that one is this that, that same sort of effect where you're calming down your unconscious mind and acknowledging things and then things get better. Yeah, well, and the, and the idea behind um, the boring change technique is that you're sort of under standing the deeper need behind your behaviors Mm -hmm. so like in the example of the taxes usually the reason why people put off doing their taxes is they're afraid they'll get it wrong they aren't sure they know how to do it they're scared that they're going to owe money you know there's there's a lot of things that make it scary and so they're putting off the bad thing that they're anticipating so they're trying to make themselves feel safe in the moment mm-hmm. 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 um and so then with a technique like boring change then and you understand that you know what it is that you're trying to get for yourself you can do that without the unwanted behavior so you know when you think about it with taxes the way that you can feel most safe in terms of your taxes is to get them done early so that you have time to manage any issues that come up or questions that you have. Mm-hmm. Or you have time to come up with the money or, you know, whatever you need to do. But it, but so that is what helps you feel most safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. That I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking about how when I put off doing taxes, and mm-hmm. it's usually about being afraid that I'm not going to be able to find all the documents I need. Mm-hmm. And of course, the more time, lead time you have <laughs> to find right. them, the better off you are. Um, right. So, boring change allows you to discover that underlying um, um, benefit or what your unconscious well, mind is trying to do with that. Yeah, sort of the underlying need. Need, right. Um, And and is that still uh, available for sale? Uh, Yes, it is. Oh, okay. I'll I'll shoot, I'll drop a link into the show notes. This is completely unplanned. (laughs) (laughs) I did. This is not where I anticipated we would go on this. I know, right? Yeah, I just took a leap. Okay, (laughs) it can rein me back in. Yes. Um, Yes. Um, but but the idea of, I mean, actually boring change really does fit because it's about getting to know how you, commu- you how your um, body communicates with you, like how your unconscious mind communicates with you, mm-hmm. um, which it's doing all the time. It's just most of, us, most of us aren't paying attention or don't know how to pay attention. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and so, and I think that is part of being your own BFF is listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sort of understanding when you're struggling and being kind and having self-compassion. Like your best friend is with you. That yes. your, your friend listens, your friend shows compassion. Yes, and you can do that for yourself. I, I keep coming back to in my mind last week where I basically had to cancel recording three days in a row because of craziness that was happening. Yeah. And you couldn't have been nicer about it. Like, I felt so bad. And you were like, of course not, Janine. Well, it's not a problem. And that was so compassionate. And that allowed me to be compassionate about it because, of course, these things are out of my control. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. So I just need to be my own Shannon. <laughs> How would Shannon, what would Shannon say? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I, that's really what it is, is like, you know, what would you say to a friend? Mm-hmm. I, I think about that all the time when it comes to advice or uh, someone, if I'm trying to make a decision, what if somebody came to me with that question, what would I say? And then mm-hmm. it gets pretty clear. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like when you're trying to solve your own problem in your own head, it can be pretty <laughs> messy. Yeah. But then if you like take a step back and like, oh, well, what if my friend came to me with this problem? What would I say? What questions would I ask to get mm-hmm. inf- more information? Yeah. Yeah. And, and giving yourself a, a little bit of perspective like that can be really kind and very helpful. Yes. And we've, we've talked before about the importance of being kind to ourselves and I think we have an episode or two about that but we can't say we can't say it too many times right or in too many different ways (laughs) that's right (laughs) (laughs) um one of the other things that can help you develop self-compassion is to recognize that you aren't the only one that struggles with something You know, it can feel really bad if you feel like you're the only one messing this up. Mm -hmm. But recognizing that, you know, everybody messes stuff up sometimes. Nobody's Um, perfect. Really useful, right? Yeah, nobody's flawless. Nobody is flawless, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, Yes, that's right. Everybody makes mistakes. Some people. Um, are more forgiving than others. And you forgive your best friend when they make a mistake. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, imagine if you treated your best friend like we tend to treat ourselves and, like, you reminded your best friend about, like, this mistake they made because you don't want them to make that mistake again. (laughs) How long would you be best friends? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's not a great friend. Yeah. No. That's a really good point. I like the I like the the spin you put on that. Cuz we yeah, is it we just you know, we deserve it. Just kind of getting a different perspective. Um and taking us taking a step back. And um I think that's the first step because you you have to allow yourself that space so you can be kind to yourself so you can have some self-compassion right and this apply we've been talking about this in terms of making mistakes but it also applies to not doing things perfectly or 
exactly. setting, setting expectations for yourself that are not realistic. Mm-hmm. And take a look at my to-do list today. <laughs> I could really, <laughs> I could really beat myself up over what I didn't do today. But I'm going to try after this conversation to look at what I did do today and feel good about that. Yeah. I think it's always helpful to put a positive spin on things. Yeah, I feel grateful that I it was sort of a Pollyanna by nature. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, I love my rose-colored glasses. <laughs> right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, that's a good reminder, like how you, the, how you choose to perceive things makes a huge difference in how you experience them because you're kind of attuning your brain into what to pay attention to. So if you're like, you know what, everything's fine, you're going to notice all the ways in which everything is fine. If you're like, ooh, things are bad, you're going to find all the evidence to show you just how bad things are mm-hmm. and and do you think that that's something that can be a practice like if like i feel like you and i were we're sort of naturally inclined to see the positive but some people i think naturally aren't but they can they can practice doing it right exactly and it it's not about you know if you're a person who naturally notices the problems first um that's not a bad thing that can be a really good skill in certain situations Mm -hmm. but if you pay attention to where it is a little bit more problematic or where it's not so helpful for you then you can practice you know using that uh, a a phrase like oh you know even though there are these things that i'm noticing Um, I can see this good or, you know, even though I didn't get all of this stuff done today, I did get this stuff done. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of training yourself to, to begin with to sort of see the whole picture. So it's not just all about the mistakes or the problems or the bad stuff. But you're, you're getting used to seeing the good things. And that's why things like a gratitude journal help. Mm-hmm. is it it helps you look for the good in your life the things that you're grateful for right yeah that's a wonderful practice i have been able to keep that up in my bullet journal and uh where i write down three things when i'm setting up my day i write down three things for which i'm grateful and i i um i'm grateful for that practice because i do think <laughs> that it if i'll put that down tomorrow because i do think that it um it, it can make a difference. And I just want you to know, Shannon, that you were part of that gratitude list over the past week. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's true, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and I think that's a that's sort of the crux of it is is looking for the good you know, acknowledging the issues, looking for the good and letting the the feelings that the good inspire in you help you move forward. That's excellent. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you, our listeners. Are you your own BFF? If you are, let us know how. And if not, tell us what you struggle with. 
You can do that on Facebook or Instagram at Getting to Good Enough. You can do it on the show notes in a comment at getting to good enough dot com. You can call 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. Or you can email us at hello at getting to good enough dot com. Until next time, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. Well, good enough is getting easier for me. Saying it is definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) You get it right most of the time, Shannon. 99% of the time. And the other times it makes me laugh. So win, win, right? (laughs) That's right.